Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. I'm back with you guys and looking forward to, to previewing the, uh, the draft for the Atlanta Braves. The draft you guys might know is coming up during the All-Star break. So as the Braves are, are entering this period of a little bit of rest uh, for at least about a third, well, two-thirds of the team will be resting. About a third of the team will be going to the All-Star game. Uh, in Seattle, but during this period, you also get to uh, experience the draft that, you know, they moved the draft into the All-Star week of festivities a couple years ago. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I don't have really big feelings either way, but it's exciting. You know, I, I really got into the draft and Braves prospects in, in a deeper way when the Braves are really bad in the uh, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017 range and the MLB club wasn't very good and you were just kind of hoping for the future and looking towards the future. And, and very thankfully, a lot of those hopes and dreams came true uh, because that was the era in which, you know, Ozzie Albies and Dansby Swanson and Ronald Acuna were coming up. And I mean, uh, in various ways, they all kind of came true in, in terms of being really good prospects. I mean, so many of the Brave stars uh, now came through the, the farm system. Of course, we've also had some really good trades that have paid off. But, uh, of course, Austin Riley, Ozzy, Ronald, all these guys have been huge. And it's been really cool to see. It's always cool to see young guys just kind of that maturation process towards stardom. And it's paid off for the Braves in some major ways. And with every draft, you, you're kind of hoping, and hoping for that again. Uh, and it is exciting. Of course, the baseball draft is very different from NFL and NBA because the pro the process of becoming a great baseball player typically happens over several years, and of course, the minor league system uh, is is very different than you see in terms of other pro sports leagues. So the draft is different. I mean, I'm not going to get into every little nut and nut. I'm not getting into the nuts and bolts. Excuse me of uh, the draft, uh, probably a lot of you guys out there know it or at least know the basics of it. Uh, but it is exciting to go through this. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a draft expert by any means, uh, but I do have a little bit of knowledge that I want to share with you guys. Part of it, too, is even the guys who have a lot of knowledge of these prospects. I mean, good luck trying to predict the baseball draft. I mean, it is just such a moving target of a lot of different a lot of different things that go into it. And, you know, again, with the NBA draft or NFL, it really is teams and all they're really worried about is the talent level of the of the player they're drafting and maybe positional need. And again, that's easier to dictate because uh, if you're drafting, you know, a, a running back in the NFL, uh, well, you have that need, you have that position, they're going to plug in and they're going to play immediately. And that's just not the case in baseball. So that being said, you know, you guys are probably aware that the Braves are near the bottom of the league in terms of most supposed experts and their rankings of, um, of farm systems. Uh, number one, that's not something to be too worried about as a Braves fan. Of course, we know that uh, we are very good, <laughs> to say the least, at the, at the big league level. Um, we have a lot of guys locked up long-term. So there's not a lot of need, even not just this year, but five years down the road. Uh, there's a lot of safety in that. 
But that being said, you still want a strong farm system. Uh, if somebody goes down with injury, you need to fill in. You never know what's going to happen. Somebody could drop off with their performance. You never know what could happen. Um, and of course, farm, strong farm systems are very good assets. You know, these, uh, these prospects, very good assets if you need to make a trade or that sort of thing. So uh, the Braves certainly want to improve their farm system. But also, I just would remind you that these rankings you could take it with a grain of salt. You know, rankings, uh, they're certainly about talent, but a lot goes into uh, certain prospects getting ranked higher than others. There's a little bit of a game that's played with that, and I don't think the Braves have ever really engaged in playing that game. I mean, you, you've seen that with these supposedly, like, big surprises with with guys coming up who haven't been ranked and suddenly they're really good rookies with the Braves. I mean, Harris was ranked in the top 100, but not, not for very long. Strider, kind of the same thing. Elder was never on anybody's radar. Um, and I could go through Vaughn Grissom even, um, never, never was ranked in the top 100. So you see that happen with the Braves a little more often, I think, because they don't engage in that game. It doesn't mean that, uh, the Braves are not weak, especially at the higher levels of their um, minor leagues. I think that is true. Uh, so they certainly have some work to do. And, of course, the draft and international signings, those are the two main ways to do that. Uh, it will be interesting to see if there's any impact of Dana Brown no longer being with the Braves in the room. Of course, he is now the GM of the Houston Astros. I don't think there's going to be a ton of impact there. Uh, maybe longer-term impact as they hire someone to fill his position. But the same dudes are going to be in that draft room. And ultimately, of course, Anthopolis is going to be a big part of that as well. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the Braves are a little stronger in the lower levels of the minor leagues. You know, their most recent drafts. Um, last draft was really heavy on pitchers, but you have several good pitching prospects down there in rookie ball, in, in A ball. And you have some really good international signings over the last two seasons as the Braves have been able to get back into the international signing uh, pool. And I, But, you know, those guys are 17, 18 years old. And so um, it's going to be a long time until some of these better prospects, number one, prove themselves. Are they actually uh, potentially, you know, going to be good major league players? Um, and when are they going to help you? It's probably going to be a little while. So, all right, well, as far as the draft goes, the Braves have three picks on the first day. Uh, so those are picks 24, 59, and 70. And um, 20, 24 is, of course, their first-round pick. 59 is their second-round pick. And 70 is their comp pick that they got uh, when Dansby Swanson signed with the Cubs. So it's nice when you get an extra pick like that if, if a guy leaves. Uh, so it's great to have three picks on the first day. Um, but you know, just a reminder guys, the baseball draft really is not about filling needs. It's not a needs based draft for the most part. You could look at it maybe in terms of filling weaknesses. If you have weaknesses across your entire minor league system, uh, but not necessarily weaknesses at the big league level, you know, every prospect takes years of development. The Braves do tend to move some guys quicker through the organization than, than some organizations do. Of course, again, we saw A.J. smith Shaver as a 20-year-old make his debut um, this year. Michael Harris, uh, pretty young, made his debut. So they do that. 
Uh, but typically, you're going to see guys anywhere from two years to four or five years in the minor leagues, sometimes longer than that, uh, before they reach the big league level. So it is a long process. It's a process that uh, is different for every player. Um, and every prospect is an asset. And I think that would be particularly true for the Braves right now, since they, I think it's easy to say they have a solid five-year window, basically, of the team that they have right now, minus a couple guys. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you might, a, a lot of these guys who get drafted, some of them will never become anything. Uh, some of them might get traded away, like we saw happen as the Braves were able to get Sean Murphy this offseason. You know, all, all that stuff happens, and that is part of the deal. Uh, and that's especially true of pitching prospects. You know, the Braves have been pretty aggressive in drafting pitchers in the draft. And part of that is because every team always values and needs pitching. Uh, so I think they're going to continue to be uh, that way. I think the Braves will take more pitchers than position players generally, especially at the top uh, in the top rounds. Um, I would expect that this year as well, even though, and I'm going to get into this a little bit, but uh, this draft is a little weaker on pitchers and one of the stronger position player drafts in recent memory. Uh, so it is going to be interesting to see what the Braves do because that might pu push them to take more position players than they normally would, uh, or maybe not. Maybe they'll continue on with their typical MO and, and take more pitching. So as far as organizational strengths, for the Braves, again, an organization that generally is weak with the farm system right now, they are stronger on the pitching side of things. Uh, A.J. Smith-Shawver is their number one prospect right now. Um, he is the only highly regarded pitcher that's really knocking on the door of the major leagues right now. And, of course, he's already made his debut, uh, but he is down in AAA as we speak. Um, and of the Braves' top Four prospects, they are all pitchers. Um, of course, the Braves took a lot of pitchers in, in last year's draft. Owen Murphy is the Braves' number two prospect. J.R. Ritchie is the Braves' number three prospect. Unfortunately, he's having Tommy John, um, or he's already had it and is recovering from that now. And then Bill Phillips is the Braves' number four prospect. All those guys were taken in last year's draft. All are highly regarded, but a long ways away from the big league club. Nine of the Braves' top 12 prospects, and I'm including Vaughn Grissom in that number, by the way, even though he's technically not considered a prospect anymore uh, because of his major league service. But nine of 12 prospects for the Braves are pitchers. So, again, very pitching heavy. That is, the good news is there's a lot of solid pitchers the Braves could lean on over the, you know, over the next few years. Um, and we've seen them do that. You know, Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd are in that, in that group as well. Um, and some guys we haven't seen yet that, that don't really have high ceilings, but they're maybe at least solid and you could see some, some starts from those types of guys. But the organizational weakness of the Braves is basically across the board position players. Uh, I would say particularly outfield, you don't really have a lot of really strong outfield prospects anywhere close to the major leagues. The best one in terms of being close to the major leagues would be Jesse Franklin. He's considered the Braves' 13th best prospect. Probably in most organizations, he may not even crack a top 30. 
Uh, he does have some really good power, but he's already 24 years old. He's really only at double uh, A right now. Still a lot of swing and miss in his game. So I don't know that he's going to make it to the big leagues or not. But um, you have Luis Guinipa and Douglas Glad are both very talented, but at uh, really low levels. They're, I think one of them is 17. One of them is 18. Um, when will the Braves see them? Maybe years from now. Uh, so, yeah, just not a lot there, especially in terms of the outfield. But honestly, all positions um, are positions of need for the Braves. I mean, there are some guys I like. Don't get me wrong. There's a guy like Nacho Alvarez. Um, the Braves took him in the last draft. Shortstop, third base combo guy. Um, I think the Braves would love for him to stick at shortstop. Uh, he's a great fielder, um, really high average guy, high on base guy but not a lot of power has shown up yet for him. So, I mean, the Braves do have some guys. I mean, I could I could list off more guys. They have solid position players throughout their organization, but no one who's like a potential um, superstar coming up through the ranks by any means. All right, so the characteristics of this draft, I've already kind of mentioned this. This is one of the most talented position player drafts in recent history. Uh, that's something to be excited about. It's deep. Um, it's deep, not just at the top, but really, you know, if you looked at the, the top 100, uh, you have a lot of potential, really good, uh, position players there. It would not be shocking if you were able to pick up an all-star level player in the first, second, third rounds and beyond. And that's, I mean, that you can find, um, you know, you can, you can strike gold late in rounds in the. MLB draft at any time, but I think it's particularly true in this draft. Um, on the flip side, right, light on high-level pitching talent at the top of this draft. Paul Skeens is maybe going to be taken first or second in this draft. He is considered uh, one of the best pitching prospects to come out maybe since Steven Strasburg and just in terms of raw stuff. Uh, but after him, you got some good players, but uh, nothing like you've had over the last several years. All right, so the Braves' typical MO in their most recent drafts has been to select an underslot guy with the first pick, meaning a guy that they can pay less than what is slotted for that pick. Usually an underslot guy is going to be a college player that is projected to go a little lower, not always college player, but a player that's that's projected to go maybe at 40 or 50 and you take him at 20. And that's that's kind of where, well, the Braves are sitting at 24 in this draft. So um, if they were to continue to go with this MO, that's kind of what you would expect them to take someone who is under slot. And like I said, in the past, this has typically meant a college pitcher or college player, but not always. Um, they took a high school player, but were able to go under slot with Owen Murphy last year. But why would you do this? Well, you're able, I mean, it's a, it's a full pool of money that you're using for your draft that you're allotted. So you're able to use more money in later rounds, which allows you to sign more guys um, in higher level talent away. And this has really benefited the Braves in the last several years. Very recent examples of this would be Michael Harris. They got him in the third round, Spencer Strider in the fourth round, Vaughn Grissom all the way down in the 11th round, guys that might not have signed and gone to college. Otherwise, the Braves were able to sign and get into their minor league system.
So uh, I kind of expect them to do that. It's not a guarantee, obviously, that they'll do that. But anyways, predicting the draft uh, is kind of a silly proposition. I'm not going to try to do that. But if I had to bet generally what I think the Braves will do is I think they will probably stick with their MO of going under slot with their first pick. Uh, that being said, they could have that plan and then a player slides to them that they're in love with and they pivot and take that player and you know don't go under slot and maybe even go over slot if it's a player that they feel like is a can't miss or, or someone they can't walk away from. So I wanted to give you guys some really brief profiles of some players I'm watching. Uh, again, this is not me um, trying to predict who the Braves are going to pick. I'm going to try to give you quite a few names. It always frustrates me when I listen to a, um, a draft preview and then you don't get a lot of names. Uh, so I'm going to try to give you some guys to look for. But there are kind of endless names for uh, the Braves and who they could select in these first three. And what I'm really doing is giving you names specifically for the the first pick that the Braves will take at 24. All right. <clears throat> so the the first grouping of players would be players that could maybe fall to 24. So these are guys who are actually closer to, uh, I would say, anywhere from 15 to 20-ish. Uh, in terms of their draft stock. The first guy is Hurston Waldrip. Uh, if you know Keith Law, he's the main draft guy for ESPN. He projected Waldrip to drop to the Braves. I think he's actually considered like the 15th best player in this draft. He's a right-handed pitcher out of Florida. Has probably some of the best pure stuff in the draft outside of Skeens. Uh, but he does have questionable command. That's why I, I actually kind of disagree with Law here, just in terms of the Braves typically shy away from guys who struggle with command. Uh, I think that's one of the key things that they look for in a pitcher. You can always, you know, a, a guy who's throwing 92, you might be able to get him up to 94 with better mechanics or that sort of thing. Uh, command is something that is, I think, more difficult to, uh, to coach. Uh, the next guy, Noble Meyer. Uh, I, I particularly like this guy. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's uh, out of Oregon, um, not college. He's a high school prep arm. He might be the best prep arm in this draft. Great slider, mid-90s fastball. And what I like about this guy is he throws strikes. And I think the Braves would like that too. I find it hard to believe that he will drop to 24. But if for some reason that were to happen, I think the Braves would be on him. Uh, Colin Houck is a shortstop. Uh, he is a Georgia guy, uh, high school uh, prep shortstop. He's probably going to move to third base. Probably, you know, you see that with a lot of high school shortstops. Typically, if you're playing shortstop in high school, you're the you're the best fielder and best athlete on your team. But it doesn't mean you're going to stick there in the minor leagues or major leagues. So he will probably move to third base. This guy has major bat speed. Uh, he has real power. But there is some swing and miss in his game, and that gives me some pause. Okay, uh, Aiden Miller, he is a third base, third baseman. He is um, out of a high school in Florida. Huge power, um, advanced approach, quick hands. He might be the best prep hitter coming out of this draft. I really like this guy. Again, I kind of doubt he's going to drop all the, all the way to the Braves. But if he were, I would imagine the Braves would think about jumping on him. 
All right, and then finally, Brock Wilkin. He is also a third baseman. He's coming out of Wake Forest. He might have the most power of any player in this draft, and um, he's had a lot of success at Wake Forest. Uh, both Miller and Wilkin, I think, would stick at third base. Uh, so I could see the Braves being in on him as well. Any of these guys, uh, these five guys I mentioned, would have to probably slide to the Braves. Maybe none of them would be there. Uh, but I think if one of them did slide, the Braves might consider jumping on one of them. All right. Players that are kind of projected to be right around that 24 spot that I think the Braves, again, they wouldn't be going under slot here. They would just be picking the best player available kind of thing. All right, Kevin McGonigal, he is a shortstop out of Pennsylvania, out of a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania high school. Uh, he has a great hit tool. Uh, he has probably less power than maybe you'd like. Not no power, but, but he's not really considered a pure power guy. Uh, questionable defense too. So does he slide to second or third uh, or maybe even outfield? That's a little bit more of a question mark. Uh, Thomas White is a left-handed pitcher. He is a Massachusetts high school player. He's probably the best left, uh, sorry, the best prep lefty out there. Upper 90s fastball, great curveball, but again, and you see this with a lot of high school players, spotty command. So the stuff is absolutely there. It's just a question of do you believe in, in his command or not. Um, Colt Emerson is another shortstop. He is um, out of uh, high school in Ohio. Solid hit tool. Probably with a little more power than McGonagall, maybe a little less of a hit tool than McGonagall, but these are similar players um, in some ways. All right, so those guys you could kind of look for as well. Now, I, I'm going to give you quite a few more players that fit that underslot profile. And these are guys that, you know, I'm trying my best to connect. Not only are they would they be underslot, but do I think – these guys are players that, you know, they have some of the skills, abilities, and even intangibles that the Braves tend to like. All right, the first guy is George Lombard Jr. I've actually heard several people connect his name to the Braves. The Braves actually drafted his dad uh, back in 1994. George Lombard was a pretty highly touted prospect, never really uh, fully did what the Braves were hoping he would do. But nonetheless, George Lombard is a shortstop out of Florida High School. Big-bodied guy. He's 6'3", uh, raw power, but some questions about his hit tool and whether he can stay at shortstop. Um, he, but he's a solid player across the board, uh, probably a, you know 50 grade across the board on pretty much everything, maybe with a 55 um, tool on power. All right, uh, Jake Geloff, I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. Jake Geloff, third baseman out of UVA. Uh, very solid hit tool and field tool with a 60-grade power tool. So this guy is a pure hitter at third base coming out of UVA. You know, he, he might come up through the ranks a little quicker. You would hope a power uh, college bat like him would do that. He hit 21 home runs at UVA this past season. So... Um, probably coming in a little more advanced than some of these high school players. Travis Sakura. I really like this guy. Right-handed pitcher out of Texas high school. Uh, he probably has the best prep fastball. He will sit that around 100 miles an hour. He's known for, now listen to this. This sounds like a Braves player. Known for his athleticism, intelligence, and work ethic. Um, those are things, when I, when I hear that, 
okay, you know, the Braves like these intangibles. They like these things that probably lead to further success down the road. So Travis Sikora out of Texas, uh, Texas high schooler, that might be an interesting one for the Braves. Blake Walters, right-handed pitcher out of Illinois, also a high schooler. Good fastball, raw pitching talent. Uh, he also was a two-sport star. He was also a basketball star in Illinois. And I know the Braves love two-sport stars. You know, very famously, uh, John Smoltz was a great basketball player. The Braves really like those types of guys, especially as pitchers being athletic. Um, makes a lot of difference. Owen Murphy was another guy they just selected last year that was kind of in that realm. So I could definitely see them taking Walters. Uh, Cooper Pratt is a shortstop out of Mississippi High School. This guy's big. 6'4", shortstop. Is, um, that's, that's like Cal Ripken Jr. size. Uh, great bat-to-ball skills and great strike zone awareness. Um, he probably, because of his size, may have to move to third base. But he's another guy that's pretty solid across the board in every skill. So Cooper Pratt's another one. He's from Braves country, Mississippi boy. You know, I could just kind of see him being taken. Um, and, you know, if he slides, maybe even they take him with the second pick. But he, he's a name that I'm going to be looking for. Ty Pete's another uh, guy that I've heard his name connected to the Braves. He's out of Georgia, uh, I think Atlanta area, high school. He's 6'2", shortstop. He's only 17 years old. He hasn't turned 18 yet. So he's one of the younger players in the draft. I think some teams really value that because they're projecting still more growth uh, physically. Uh, and he already has raw power, great bat speed. This guy does have probably some kind of mystery arm issue because he was also throwing 95 miles an hour as a pitcher. And then suddenly he was shut down and some of his um, – even his fielding, you know, his arm slot was like really low uh, when he was thrown to first base from shortstop spot. So I do wonder if that will shy teams away, maybe maybe shy the Braves away from him, or maybe it opens the door to take him when other teams are shying away. But Ty Pete, we'll see about him. All right, and then the last guy, uh, this is a shot in the dark for me, uh, but Alonzo Treadwell, right-handed pitcher. This dude is 6'8". He's coming out of UCLA. Uh, he had Tommy John in 2020, so he kind of fell off people's radar for a little while. And, um, you know, he has slowly but surely gotten back on track. Uh, very good command. And uh, while he's huge, 6'8", he's not like, you know, not, he's not sitting 98 with his fastball. He's more like averaging 92, 93, but he has gotten it up to 96. I do wonder as that arm comes back more and more if there's more velocity in that arm but just the fact that he has very good command he has a good pitch mix three really good pitches above average pitches the fastball the slider and the changeup. i think this guy is someone the braves if they took him it would be very under slot and they would be setting themselves up uh, to do basically what they've done in the last several drafts so what do i hope the braves do with their first pick or first three picks uh you know, I, I'm, I'm open. I, I don't really want to see them take three pitchers because of their lack of depth organizationally at, you know, at the position player um, level. I would really like to see them take two position players along with a pitcher. You know, even if that means they take the, a pitcher first like they typically do and then two position players with their next two. I think that's kind of where I would be at. 
Uh, but even if they take two pitchers and one position player, I would not be, uh, I wouldn't be upset at that either. Pitchers are just, you know, they're, they're that currency that is always good to have. And, uh, you know, as we saw with Jar Ritchie, you're always, if you take three pitchers, probably one of them is getting hurt at some point in the season. And that's just the reality of pitching, especially young guys coming up and learning their arms and pitching. And, and um, you know, you're going to have some injury there. Uh, the other thing, if, if you're taking position players, what I really like is to see guys who have two tools more than any other tools, a great hit tool and a good fielding tool. Because those are two things. I mean, you can teach fielding. You can become a better fielder. But um, the hit tool is something that it, I think if you're not seeing it uh, at this stage, it's really hard for a player to to develop that. You see guys with raw power and poor hit tools. It's very rare that those guys are able to make it to the big leagues. Um, but guys with better hit tools, over time, they can develop some better power. You know, launch angle can improve strength can improve. Um, so that being said, the, the guys that the player, sorry, the, the guys that the Braves do focus on, uh, that they take, I hope those position players have strong hit tools. All right, guys. Well, that is my uh, preview of the Braves draft. I'm going to be watching and very interested to see who they take. Hopefully this is one of those historic drafts that we look back at and say this was the thing that rebuilt the Braves organization from the ground up. And with the Braves being good at the big league club uh, for the foreseeable future, it would also be great for them to maybe have a top 10 um, farm system again. All right, guys. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, again, I just encourage you to follow me on Twitter as well, if you're on Twitter. And uh, I just appreciate all y'all support and I'll talk to you soon.